Welcome back to the Gulag, everybody. This is episode number 22. This is my part two of two on my discussion on Cuba, what's going on with the unrest there, the American response, etc. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, guys, to the Gulag. So you might be asking, Mick, what is, uh, what's that on your screen? Why are there two creepy dudes in a bed with a baby? Well, let's find out. My family. Oh, I have to put it over here. The baby has been able to latch, but I've not been able to produce any milk. It's okay because we're going to supplement the feeding with formula so that my baby is still getting the, the nutrients that they need. But I'm still feeling hopeful. I appreciate you so much for all your work. I appreciate you also, baby. I'm kind of done without you. Okay, so for those uh, that are listening on audio, what that was is it was two fat grown men who are in a relationship together who are trying to breastfeed a child. Yeah, so remember what I said about you give these people an inch, they go a mile. You know how I always I always talk about that, how uh, this is a slippery slope. Once you start the, the path to calling delusion uh, not delusion, then it just leads to more and more and more insanity, which is, my, in my opinion, what the whole transgender thing is from the start. Uh, this is the kind of shit it leads to, and this is straight-up child abuse. These people should literally be in jail if it was up to me. If it was up to me, these people would be behind bars because this is just fucked. Uh, like this, the, these, these two adults don't seem to understand what gender they are. They don't seem to understand how biology works. They're trying to literally breastfeed a child as a male. They're like, oh yeah, I'm trying. It's the baby's latching, but it just can't produce milk, bro. You're a dude. That's why, because you're, you're insane. You're insane. These people should not be allowed to raise a child period. You might think, oh, that's harsh. You're stepping on people's toes. You just got to be nice just because they're not like you or don't believe the same thing as you. That doesn't mean that they're wrong. Uh, No, this is wrong. This isn't my opinion. This isn't going to lead to to any sort of uh, uh, flourished life for this child, for starters. These people have a fucked up uh, perception of reality, and now they're they're breastfeeding that fucked up... (laughs) Uh, perception of reality to this child literally or they're trying to and that's not going to be good for anybody and this is why it's wrong this is this is i think the way in which you can measure whether or not something is morally wrong is is measuring the the effects that it has on human flourishing right and this obviously there's no positive side effects to what these people are doing zero this is morally wrong this is child abuse but again, this is what happens. This is the kind of shit that we're now excusing as a society, all under the name of being tolerant and diverse and and equal, whatever that means, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion leads to shit like this. It leads to a, a fucked up perception of reality, which leads to abuse of children in this case. Um, okay, Any anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I don't want to be the only one that has to see that. So, uh, yeah, speaking of behind bars, check out this story. This is hilarious. Okay. Uh, Florida man tries to throw alligator onto roof to teach it a lesson. Police say 
Let's check out this story. This is from Washington Examiner. A Florida man. Also, I love these Florida man stories. There's nothing better than these Florida man stories. They're always great. All the crazy people are in Florida doing this kind of shit. A Florida man is in custody for allegedly trying to throw a live alligator onto a roof of a building. William Hodge, 32, was arrested around 3 a.m. He did this at 3 a.m., which is just, oh, that's amazing. Thursday and charged with possessing and injuring an alligator. Burglary of an unoccupied dwelling. Criminal mischief and petty theft, according to the docket of his court case. And then it says, I asked William Hodge what he was doing when he was throwing the alligator up in the air. I would love to be in a scenario where I ask somebody, hey, what were you doing when you were throwing the alligator up in the air? What a job. What a freaking job. Uh, William Hodge advised he was teaching it a lesson. It's a Daytona Beach police officer, Ali Bilu. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, Hodge allegedly hopped the fence of Congo River Golf, a miniature golf course in the area, and stole a live alligator from an enclosure on the course. Um, he allegedly took the alligator. So he took the so he went to the golf course, stole it from an enclosure, and then took it all the way to Mets Lounges, a bar and liquor store, grabbed it by the tail, and tried to throw it on the roof. After only hitting uh, the awning of the bar. He took it by the tail again, put it over his shoulder, threw it on the ground, and stomped it on it twice. <laughs> when officers made contact with Hodge, he put the creature down and raised his hand, surrendering to police. Dude, this is the greatest story I think I've ever seen. I want to, I want to like have a beer with this guy. <laughs> like, I want to know like what life events happened that led to this man doing this. Uh, the police officer transported Hodge to the city's division of public safety. While in the holding cell, Hodge allegedly bailed, <laughs> bailed up, to uh, balled up toilet paper and clogged the cell's toilets uh, and drain in and drain in an attempt to flood the station. Wow. So he threw an alligator. This guy was just having a day. So he threw an alligator on the roof. Okay. So he stole the alligator from the golf course, from the miniature golf course. Then he took it to a bar. He tried to throw it on the roof. He couldn't get it on the roof. So then he whipped it on the ground and stopped on its head. Then he got arrested. Then he gets to the police station and he tries to flood the police station by sticking a balled up toilet paper in uh, the drains and the toilet. Wow. Florida. Florida, guys. This is Florida for you. Oh, man, I want to meet this guy. I, I wish there was more to this. I wish there was more to this story. Washington Washington Examiner leaving us hanging. That's the one thing I don't like about these articles is they rope you in so freaking hard with these titles. Like Florida Man tries to throw an alligator under a roof. Boom, clickbait. I, they got me hooked. You know? But then they don't, they, they like, they give you details about ex maybe a little bit of details about what happened, like in the story, but then they don't give you what you want. They don't give you the the like the meat of the story they don't tell you exactly what's they don't they don't tell you they don't walk you through a story like what's this guy about what's he doing how do you get in this situation why is he wanting to throw alligators on the roof why does he want to punish alligators why does he want to clog the toilets and drains of a police station let's talk about this let's get some real german journalism going here washington examiner all right moving on um, so this is like a part two of a part one, technically, uh, talking about Cuba. So I'm going to go through some more articles about Cuba, talk a little bit more about the American response, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to kind of finish my thoughts from ep the, the 
episode before for you guys. So if you guys, just to recap here for the, those who haven't listened to episode number 21 yet, which you should go do, uh, Cuba is kind of in shambles. They're a communist country. Their economy is collapsing for various reasons, which I discussed in episode number 21. Now there's mass protests. People are fighting for freedom. People are doing what has been going on, but even more so where they're getting on trying to you know build makeshift rafts, sail to the United States. And the United States is not allowing them to come. They're saying the Biden administration is saying they're not going to accept these refugees, even though they are legitimate refugees and they can claim legitimate refugee status. The U.S. is still not allowing them to come. Or at least so they say. Right. So I want to show a video of what the White House response to the Cuban uh, refugees fleeing communist countries. So they're they're protesting in Cuba. They're 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 they're. I guess you could say uh, finally fighting back against this oppressive regime that has been in power for 60 plus years under the, under the Castro's under Fidel Castro. Now his brother Raul because Ca- Fidel Castro's dead. And now they're flying American flags in Cuba, right? They're saying, Hey, we want to be like, we want freedom like America. We want to be like them. They're the symbol of freedom. We're going to risk our lives to actually try to go there. And this is the white house response. So let me play this video for you. To be clear, if you take to the sea, you will not come to the United States. The time is never right to attempt migration by sea. To those who risk their lives doing so, this risk is not worth taking. Again, I repeat, do not risk life attempting to enter the United States illegally. You will not come to the United States. So here's here's my thought. I, I I sort of addressed this in part one of this episode, right? Where why would they turn away these legitimate refugees? I thought the liberals and the Democrats were all about accepting refugees. I thought they were all about immigration and allowing anyone to cross the border who's having a tough life somewhere else. I thought this is their whole ethos. Care and compassion for the disenfranchised. I thought this was the whole socialist ideal, right? Apparently not. And I, here's 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 what I think it is. I think they don't want these Cuban immigrants coming for, for there's two main reasons. And I sort of discussed this again in, in episode 21, but just to recap here, there's two main reasons why I don't think they want them coming. Number one, because Cuban immigrants that come from this country have historically always voted Republican. They voted conservative. Why? Because the Democrats preach the same socialist communist message that they just ran to. And they're smart enough to recognize that because they lived under this for decades. So they come over to the United States wanting freedom, rightfully so. They get here, they become citizens, and then they don't vote for the socialist policies that the Democrats are pushing. Obviously so, because they just risk their lives fleeing that horrible state of what those policies lead to, of what those, quote, equity policies lead to that you hear the Biden administration talking about so much. It's communism, and it's going to lead to what's going on in Cuba. And they know that because they're smart, smarter than us. So this is, I think, why the Democrats don't want Cuban immigrants. They don't want people fleeing over here because they know that they're not going to get their votes. And they know that these people, this is my, my the second point is they know these people are going to be able to convince other people to not vote Democrat and socialist in the United States and left. They know they have stories to tell. They know they have con- a convincing message of, of, of practical um, experience with these sorts of policies and what it leads to. And you better believe they're going to be they're going to talk some people out of voting Democrat. And the Democrats know this. They know these Cubans are deadly to their mission. 
which think about that. And so is it really about, is their whole immigration policy really about, is it about fairness? Is it about giving people a better life and helping people that are, that are misplaced in the world? No, because they know that a lot of these people coming through the Southern border are going to vote Democrat because of all the stuff they're being promised by the Democrats. Not all of them, obviously. Some of them are smart. Some of them coming from Venezuela and countries like that and Peru and Chile where they've experienced socialism and they're fleeing from it. Maybe they won't, but a lot of the other ones will. And not only that, but through the southern border come drugs, come sex trafficking, come all these things that the government can then use to manipulate people into voting for their socialist policies. It creates more of a crisis. And these Democrats love a good crisis. They never waste a good crisis. They want there to be uh, a disruption. Remember, disrupt, dismantle, destroy. That's the the Marxist ethos. That's what they're trying to do. That's what socialists are trying to do in the United States. That's what the Democratic Party is trying to do in the United States. So they know if they open up the southern border, crime is going to come in more than anything else, and it's going to cause more and more and more and more problems. And that's what they want. And then they're going to utilize those problems to take more power for themselves and to give less freedom to you, the voting citizens of the United States. And they can't play that game with the Cuban immigrants. And they know that. So think about it. What is their immigration policy really about? It's very telling. This is very telling. This is why what's going on in Cuba, one of the reasons why it's bigger than just Cuba. This says a lot about our own government. This says a lot about the, about the, the, the global communist push around the world. It really does. Okay, let me read this article from Newsweek. And the author of this article is Kathy Young. I do not know who Kathy Young is, and I'm not really the biggest fan of Newsweek. But hey, this article I thought was very helpful. So I will show this. I will read this with you guys. This is a little bit of recap, but it's always good to kind of go through and catch up and remind ourselves what's going on here. Okay. The anti-government protests have rocked Cuba in the last seven or several days. Uh, they're, uh, the most, they're the most dramatic uh, expression of dissent seen on the islands on the island in six decades of communist rule. Again, the Castros, uh, they led the communist revolution in Cuba in the 1950s, 1960s. I don't know the exact date. I think it was like 1959 or something like that. Um, and they led this revolution similar to, if you guys know anything about the Russian communist revolution, the Bolshevik revolution, it was a similar thing where instead of Vladimir Lenin, it was Fidel Castro. They used a lot of the same rhetoric, the same Marxist ideology. Uh, they stirred up they stirred up revolution in similar in similar ways. Even uh, Fidel Castro himself said that his regime, him specifically, are Leninists and Marxists, and so is his brother, who now runs the regime. And this is what they're doing. And they use a lot of the same rhetoric that we hear the Democrats using in the, in the United States today. It's all about equity. It's all about fairness. It's all about free healthcare. It's all about free education. They use this same rhetoric, this proletariat versus bourgeoisie rhetoric. They they stir class warfare so that they can take power. Again, it's about manipulating a crisis and creating a crisis if there isn't one. So then you can take power for yourself. This is exactly what these people are doing. This is exactly what the Soviets did under Vladimir Lenin and then Joseph Stalin. This is exactly what the Cubans are doing and what the Cubans did. Um, all right, let's keep reading here. President Biden has sent a strongly worded message of solidarity with the Cuban people in their clarion call for freedom against Cuba's authoritarian regime, praising the protesters' assertion of fundamental and universal rights. 
other Democrat, which if Biden did that, good for him. I'm not going to anyone that anyone that stands with the Cuban people against this. Good for you. Point blank. Which do I believe that he really knows what's going on? No. Do I believe that he really means this? No. Do I believe that the Democrats are trying to say this, say this message? And by the way, they've said this message after they, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit here, after they kind of dismissed it and sided with the, the uh, communist regime in Cuba. And they called it things like mismanagement. Like Jen Psaki got on stage and called, she was asked about this. She's like, do you side with the protesters or what? basically point like, do you side with the protesters call against communism? Or protest against communism. And she was like, well, I, you know, I, I side with their right to to express their opinions, which, by the way, they don't have a right to express their opinions, which is why they're doing what they're doing in the first place, because they're in a communist regime. But she was like, oh, it just shows how stupid she is. And then she always oh, I, I stand with the right to express their opinion. And uh, I can understand why they would want to due to the mismanagement and corruption that they're experiencing mismanagement. That's the word she uses mismanagement. This isn't like a McDonald's. It's not like, oh, you forgot to order enough fries for the week. Mismanagement. No. Oh, or, or, oh, oh, you didn't schedule enough people for the shift mismanagement. No, this is genocide that they're fighting. This is communist genocide. This isn't mismanagement. This isn't their just simple right to speak out. They don't have a right to speak out. Period. Their lives are at stake. They're getting arrested. Political dissent is, is punished by death in that country just shows how how much they want to undermine how horrible communism is it's almost like they are communists the only person that would want to undermine how horrible communism is is someone that is a simple is either sympathetic towards communism or is a communist themselves i guess what's the difference between those two things right makes you wonder all right other democrats such as new york congressman and house foreign affairs committee gregory meeks has stressed their opposition to Donald Trump's sanctions against Cuba, not yet lifted by the Biden administration, but have also condemned the Cuban leadership's yet corruption and mismanagement. There it is. Yet not everyone was united in condemnation. Prominent voices on the left seem to have sided with the totalitarian regime. Also, I could be wrong on this, so don't quote me on this, but I think I remember seeing on Twitter something about a bill passed to essentially, you know, something about the United States aiding the freedom fighters in Cuba and everybody was on board with it on the Republican side and no one was on board with it on the Democrat side. Now, why would that be? Think about that. Why would these Democrats, those who say that they're for freedom, like Biden himself said, this is the time to fight against uh, autocracies around the world. He recently said this while overseas in Europe. Why would they not do this now when rubber meets their, they're all talk and no action. And I don't believe people's words unless they meet, unless they, they match up with their actions. Their actions are what they actually believe. Their actions are what they actually mean. If their actions are more sympathetic to the communist cause, you better believe their words are not accurate. You better believe that their actions are, are that their true beliefs and motives and um, their true ally, I guess, is communism. And they're going to do, and you'll see this here with Black Lives Matter. We'll, we'll go through this. It talks about a couple other people here. This is a little bit of recap, this Black Lives Matter part, but that's okay. Um, most prominent among these is the Black Lives Matter movement, whose statement posted yesterday blamed Cuba's economic troubles on the United States embargo and hailed the Cuban regime's solidarity with oppressed peoples of... Are these people this stupid? 
See, I don't believe that they're stupid. I think they're this. I think they're purposely this misleading. I think they know what's going on in this communist country. I think they know that the Cuban regime does not hold solidarity with oppressed people of African descent. They don't give a fuck. Look at uh, Che Guevara, Guevara, however you pronounce that guy's name. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I'm not sure. Um, He was an avid racist, a Marxist, a Leninist, communist. He He hated homosexuals. He did not care about the oppressed peoples of African descent. Neither did Fidel Castro. You could say the same things about him. This is an absolute lie, and they're blatantly lying to the American people, to their supporters, because they know their supporters don't do research. Otherwise, they wouldn't have supporters. So they can keep the lie going and keep stifling anger and and animosity towards the United States, meanwhile being sympathetic to a genocidal regime that is Cuba, and they can just continue to get away with it because people don't know anything. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand history. This is why it's so important to read and understand history. And not buy. Then you're not going to buy these lies. Then you're not going to then give your money, your time, your efforts, your support to these corrupt organizations like Black Lives Matter, these terrorist sympathizing organizations like Black Lives Matter, these terrorists, these terrorist uh, um, encouraging organizations like Black Lives Matter, like we've seen in the United States, what billions of dollars of damage last year, dozens of people killed because of this organization. This is what they want, people. This is what they want. According to the go, going on here, according to the to the BLM statement, the people of Cuba are being punished by the United States government. Are they? Really? They're not being punished by their own government? They say nothing about being punished by the Cuban government. Black Lives Matter statement. It's all about praising Fidel Castro. It's all about praising the regime, the communist regime. Again, why would they do this? Because they are communists. Everybody out there, I've heard so many people, even friends of mine that are like, Come on, they're not. These people aren't. These Democrats aren't communists. You're overreacting. These Black Lives Matter people aren't communists. You're overreacting. The reason I'm showing you this is to 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 remove any doubt that these people are communists. They're a hundred percent communists. This is the proof. If this if this doesn't show you that, I don't know what will. Again, here we'll keep going on here. The people of Cuba are being punished by the U.S. government because the the country has maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self determination. Yeah, why is that a bad thing? Why is that a bad thing? The United States leaders have tried to crush this revolution for decades. Have tried to crush this revolution. Again, what do they mean by what revolution are they talking about? Are they talking about the freedom fighters right now in Cuba that are that are raising American flags, uh, uh, risking their lives to be free? Risking their lives to, to, to save their country from this horrible genocidal communist regime? No, when they say revolution, they're talking about the communist revolution. They're talking about Fidel's revolution. That's who they're siding with. Make no mistake about that. Um, The statement also accuses the U.S. of undermining Cubans' right to choose their own government. Again, they don't have a right to choose their own government. That's the whole reason why these people are fighting for freedom in the first place, because they don't have any rights. They don't even have the right to own their own land. They don't have the right to own their own businesses. They don't have the right to speak out for what they believe. They don't have the right to peacefully protest or protest at all. Everything that they do, as far as those things go, they're risking their lives. Point blank. 
and the and the, and the Black Lives Matter movement wants to paint those people as as uh, sympathizers with the capitalist Western ethos and with the United States, and they're the bad guys, and the revolution are just trying to stifle uh, these protesters. It's funny because they're the ones that were leading protests in the United States because of the so-called injustice that was happening under whatever narrative that they were saying, whether or not it's true. You think they'd be at least somewhat be consistent and sympathetic with what's going on there, but no, they're not. Why? Because the protests here really weren't about justice. They really weren't about fairness. They really weren't about equality. They were really weren't about liberty for all, regardless of your skin color. No, they were about pushing the communist ethos. They're about upholding the 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 neo the Marxist meta narrative. That's why. So that's why they're against these freedom fighters, but they're for the protests here. It's not about the protests. It's not about the freedom. It's about what ideology they're trying to uh, rigidly impose. And they know the protesters in Cuba right now are not for them. They're not for communism. Okay, going on here. But BLM is not alone. Democrat Socialists of America, whose members membership includes. For progressive House Democrats, Representative AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Representative uh, Jamal Bowman of New York, Representative uh, Rashida Talib, Talib, I don't know how to pronounce her name, of Michigan, and Representative Cory Bush of Missouri also also declared its solidarity with the Cuban people and the revolution in this moment of unrest. Again, the Cuban people and the revolution is talking about the communists in Cuba. It's talking about the revolution as in the people of, of Fidel Castro's revolution. It's not talking about the freedom fighters waving American flags. That's all over the news right now. They're siding with the communists, point blank. The Democratic Socialists of America, including AOC and all these representatives, these elected officials in our country, they're communist people. Again, make no mistake about this. That's why I'm showing you this. Here's a tweet from them. From the Democratic Socialists of America. DSA stands, by the way, they should just remove, I think it says it actually later in the circle, they should just remove the Democratic from, it should just be Socialists of America at this point. Democratic Socialists of America stands with the Cuban people and the revolution in this moment of unrest and the blockade. So again, they think that the problems in Cuba are because of the American blockade, because of the American embargo, blocking trade. That's not what it is. The problems in Cuba are because of the of Fidel's revolution. Uh, because the people aren't allowed to farm their own land. They're not allowed to own their own businesses. They're not allowed to work unless it's state regulated and mandated. And then a lot of those, uh, a lot of the money coming in from the work they're doing, is it going to the people? No. Is it going to their businesses? No. Is it going to their homes? No. Is it going to their families or communities? No. It's going to the regime. Same thing with, with with what they're doing with their with their healthcare program, where they're sending doctors overseas only to pocket the money for themselves, not giving it to the families, not giving it to the doctors. They're held, holding the families of these doctors hostage, oftentimes, threatening their lives. Why? So they can take in money for their regime. That's what the, this is all a money making scheme. And you have DSA activists. Uh, BLM activists, even people in our own presidential administration, sympathizing to that money-making scam that is Fidel Castro's communist regime. To be clear, the DSA's revolution in the 36-year-old regime, the Cuban people are, com- yep, here we go, are communist party loyalists, which is accurate, not the people taking to the streets. And the protests are mere unrest. 
see, here's the thing. Why would you want to side in, 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 in the United States? Why would you want to side with people like AOC or uh, Jamal Bowman or uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, which we'll talk about in a little bit, or Bernie Sanders or even Barack Obama or Biden or Kamala Harris or all these people or, BL, or Patrice Cullors? Why would you want to side with all of these people who would side with a uh, federal state communist regime over people that are fighting for freedom. This should tell you everything you need to know about all of these people, where their allegiances really lie. They're not with us. So when they tell us that they're, that they're implementing, implementing these same, these similar equity policies that Fidel did and that the Soviets did and that the communist communists in China did when they, when they preach these same equity policies to us under the, under the name of diversity and inclusion and equity, and fairness and tolerance. It's not about those things. And this should prove to you that what their real motives are, that they would side with these people. This is what they're trying to do. Um, let's see, where was I here? Uh, not the people taking to the streets. The protests are a mere, are mere unrest to them. They're just unrest. So they're not legitimized protests. They're just unrest, according to BLM, DSA, etc., the best response to the DSA's nonsense came from journalist and scholar Hussein Ibish. I don't know who that is on Twitter. Drop the Democratic and go with SA. Yep. Drop the Democratic. That's a great response. Uh, so, so far, neither AOC nor her progressive colleagues have commented on DSA or BLM support of the Cuban regime. But judging by replies to the DSA tweet, the group's activists strongly support its stance. One can debate that. One can debate the merits of the U.S. embargo, partially eased under President Obama and tightened again um, by the Trump administration, but blaming Cuba's economic woes on the U.S. is ludicrous. The embargo's effects were always limited by the fact that no other country joined in. Meanwhile, the Soviet Union poured massive subsidies into Cuba for decades until it collapsed, which is correct. Of course, sympathies... Uh, for the Cuban regime from the American and Western left are nothing new. The Cuban revolution has long been romanticized as a symbol of both social justice and heroic resistance to U.S. power. Back in 1989, yet Bernie Sanders, then mayor of Burlington, Vermont, praised Cuba's revolution as very profound and wrote that besides, uh, besides providing free social services, they are creating very different value system. They're creating very different value system. Yeah, they are. One that doesn't value freedom, one that doesn't value individual sovereignty and autonomy, one that values the group over the individual, one that doesn't value um, the right to protest. <coughs> Still coughing, guys. Uh, one that doesn't value anything. One that doesn't value your right to, to defend yourself. One that doesn't value your right to privacy. Or your right to a free and fair trial? Or your right to vote? None of this. That's the value system. But but hey, they give you free healthcare, right? I saw this analogy once, or it was a meme, and it was a, it was two pictures. There's a picture out. It was a picture of a lion out in like the safari, just looked healthy and free. And then there was a lion in a cage, and it said one of these lions has free healthcare, um, free food, free housing. The other one has nothing but has to fend for himself. Which one would you rather be? Which one would you rather be? That's a great question. Obviously, you'd want to be the free line out there roaming, roaming on its own. 
You wouldn't be locked in a cage. Sure, you got free health care. Sure, you got free housing, but it's a cage. Sure, you got free food. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But you're in a fucking cage, and you're a slave. You're a slave to the people that give you that free stuff because guess what? It still has a price, and the price for that free stuff is your freedom. Does that make sense? Bernie Sanders, fucking idiot. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm just going to move on here. I'm, I'm taking a little longer on these than I, this article than I thought. So yeah, Bernie Sanders. And I was going to show a clip of Bernie Sanders. Uh, he's, he's, he, Bernie Sanders has praised this regime for years. He's defended his praise of this regime for years. Even recently, he's praised the Soviet regime as well. He's praised the Chinese regime. He's praised the Nicaraguan communist regime. But you know who I don't hear him praising? Freedom fighters. People that have fought against these regimes and won. I haven't heard him. I I have never heard these people say anything positive about people like Abraham Lincoln, even, or Thomas Jefferson, or George Washington, or or people that have fought for freedom for all in this country. Why is it so hard for them to praise these people? Why is it so easy for them to excuse uh, murderous dictators around the world? Again, it's because of the ideology they share. It's all about the ideology, promoting the ideology. They will excuse any behavior, any means to an end, if that end is their ideology being imposed. Does that make sense? And people are just too stupid to recognize that, to realize that. And that's why these people keep getting elected. All right, keep going here. As with other communist regimes, this revolutionary romance has consistently ignored egress uh, sorry, I read that word wrong again. I don't have my glasses on, guys. Uh, egre, egre, ugh, tongue twister. Um, egregious abuses, including not only uh, this keeps like I don't know if you guys can see this on my. Hold on, give me a second here, guys. I don't know if you guys can see this on the screen. It keeps cutting out on me. Uh, where is it? Okay, there we go. Including not only uh, suppression of dissent, which is what we're talking about before, they don't have a right to protest, but at least until the 1990s, anti-gay persecution under people like Che, who I was talking about earlier. And you know, I see him on that, those T-shirts, and I'll post a, I'll put a picture up here of him for this for you guys. Uh, maybe I will. We'll see. But uh, look him up, Che Guevara. He is always on those t-shirts. I guarantee you everyone will recognize him. It's People wear his shirt because it's like a symbol of like rebellion and anti-establishment, blah, 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 blah. It's not. He's a communist. Stop wearing the shirts, guys. It's like wearing a shirt of, of Hitler or Joseph Stalin. You don't want to be that person. Um, it has also ignored economic misery. Uh, one way that Trump sanctions have caused pain is by restricting uh, remittance, restricting remittances, uh, uh, Cuban Americans. Um, let's see, Cuban Americans can send again. Why does this? Sorry, guys, this keeps cutting out on me. The screen keeps going out, and then I lose my spot. Okay, uh, can send to family in Cuba, but if so, basically. One of the one of the ways that the because so Obama like removed some of the sanctions and then Trump put them back in place, um, some of the embargo at least, and uh, 
so they're basically saying one of the ways that hurts is now people that have that have fled here and got to the United States safely they can't they they can't send things back to their families which sucks but uh, okay let's see here but if but if loss of private aid from American relatives is so devastating it does not say much for the Cuban uh, economy's ability to ensure a decent life exactly so if the, if loss of 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 small amounts of private aid from Cuban family members and such is so devastating. That just shows how dev- already devastating the Cuban economy economy is that they would need such small aid just to survive another day. Which again, whose fault is that? Is that America's fault? Like BLM and the DSA wants to say, no, it's obviously the communist Cuban regime's fault. All right. I think I'm going to stop reading this article now. That's about that. it for that. Um, I do want to show you this video, though. So with a large swath of people in the United States of leftists giving a negative response to uh, Cuban protesters and freedom fighters, there's been a couple positive responses, okay? There's been positive responses with people like um, Ron DeSantis, who's calling for the Cuban military to turn on the regime, who's calling for aid, who's calling to the United States federal government to aid these people, who's doing what he can in Florida. There's people, there's, there's, there's private boats that have been sailing out towards Cuba to pick up people drifting across the, across the 80 mile canal, risking their lives, trying to come to the United States freedom. There's, there's private United States citizens that own boats that are helping these people which is freaking awesome. And there's also this response. I thought this was awesome. Uh, Pitbull, you know, Mr. World, Mr. Worldwide. This guy is actually shown more moral clarity on this issue than anybody on the left wing. The American government has this entire time. If that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what does. So I'm going to show you this video first. This was a video from about, I want to say six months to a year ago. I'm not sure exactly when this was from. Pitbull's on a podcast. He was talking about communism, right? And uh, this is what he had to say. Day and age, I'm hoping that people see as quick as you get it. It's like dope money. Come quick, leave quick. So when it comes to this technology, exactly what it is, it's a gratification thing to touch as many people as quick as they want to go. They can pull it from. And right now we're talking about, are we talking about a virus? A virus, that's what we talk about. SIRS, MERS, bird, swine. Sirs, Mers, Bird. Now Corona. Come on, Corona. I love it. You got to read the tea leaves, bro. The devil's in the details. And with that said is, if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about, I don't know what it is, but I guess the flu went on vacation on this year. Heart attacks went on vacation. Everything went on vacation this year when it came to, I'm talking about, you know, what we're going through right now. And let's just call it spade a spade. And the reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. And that's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, or maybe us, being first-generation Cuban-Americans, I look at freedom and I appreciate that shit. I appreciate opportunity. I love this, I appreciate dude. anything that you give me. All I need is a little slip, partner, and I got you. See, and- here's the thing. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I think the Democratic Party doesn't want these Cuban American, these Cuban immigrants coming here is because there's going to be more people like this. 
saying, spreading the message that he's spreading. And they're going to have real stories to back it up. It's not just going to be theory. So people like Pitbull, his family came from Cuba. His family fled from Castro. His family risked, risked their lives. His family members died under the regime trying to, to flee and find a better and find a better life. And he's here to tell that story. And they don't want that. Because if 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 you if this is why, if this is what I'm saying, if 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 the truth is on your side, you have no reason to be scared. You have no reason to not say it. The truth is on this guy's side. And the Democrats know that, which is why they want to silence people. You don't want to it's like the Game of Thrones quote from from uh Tyrion I think his name's yeah, Tyrion Lannister. Uh, Peter Dinklage, he said something like, "If you cut on a man's tongue, you're not t- you're not proclaiming him a liar. You're just admitting you're scared of what he might say." Which is exactly what the Democrats do over and over and over and over and over again. Which is exactly what they're doing to these Cuban immigrants. So thank thank God for people like people who are willing to, especially with someone with a public platform like him who's willing to say this stuff. And that comes from the fact that when a Castro took over everything. And I'm looking at what's going on right now. The only person here that's hot, 38 hot, is Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Shit. Y'all took over the world with a virus? That's a good point. Y'all gotta be kidding me. He had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian Missile Crisis, wow. during the Bay of Pigs and what they went went on through. So this shit Yeah, is- he, uh, Castro has been, I mean, these communists worldwide, they, I mean, okay, even Lenin back in the day called the Western communist sympathizers in America and in you know different parts of Europe he called them useful idiots which is where that term came from useful idiots because he hated the west he still hated them because they were westerners and they were they were living under the you know uh logocentric uh liberal western you know umbrella and ethos whatever you want to call it um and he hated him for it, but he also was like, hey, you're still spreading that you guys are still spreading the name of communism. You're spreading the message of communism and you're using the same lies and tactics I used. So we'll use you're the useful idiots. But once you're once you're done, once there's no use for you, then you're just an idiot. Then you're going to be under my my rep, uh, oppression in my regime. In the first place or at the end of the day. Right. Um, so this is exactly what Castro people like that have been trying to do. So they've been trying to use uh, American media and propaganda to spread their message, to give them more power, to give them more influence, et cetera, to spread the message of communism further and further and further. Um, when now he's saying like, oh, you guys, it's, it's the idea of like destroying from within. So these these communist leaders, they know in other parts of the world that the United States is a stronghold for freedom and it is the stronghold for freedom in the world and it has been for over 200 years. And they know that. And they know the only way they're really going to take us down is if we destroy ourselves from within. So when he's like, oh, you guys did it with a virus? That's all you needed? That's what's happening. Not only is it is it ruining our economy, but it's creating strife and division more and more and more and more, which just leaves more leverage for these communists to get their way in the United States. It's deep. The only thing which is, is what he's is, warning about. Do you want to realize how deep it is? You know, that's, yep. that's the way I look at this shit. And even going into this, I don't know if y'all know about this, but might as well. By the way, I didn't know if that little rant I did made any sense, but hey, whatever. Put it out there, especially in y'all show, because y'all got folks that need this more than anybody. We all need it. There's a, there's a, a that, went on, that went on before this whole shit is called Event 201. 
October 18, yeah. 2019. This shit came out. It was ran by the John. And Event 201, I'm going to do a podcast episode on that. I'm going to do a podcast episode on the vaccine. I did a bunch of research. I dug deep into this. And I'm going to share some stuff that I found with you guys on my next episode after this one. So stay tuned. So I'm going to talk about what he's talking about here in a little bit, a little more. John Hopkins University, which is in cahoots with Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation. And all right, that was that, and then that that was a recent vid. That that was a you know past video of Pitbull talking about this stuff. I don't. That wasn't that long ago. I want to say maybe six months to a year ago. I want to show you this other video. This is recent. This just happened. So here, let me pull this up for you guys. This is a message to the world. We need to stand up, step up. If you don't understand what's going on, then you need to wake the fuck up. Not only is this a Cuba event, a Cuba thing, this is a world event. This isn't about politics. This is about saving lives. This is about unity, not division. And bottom line, this is about taking action. Let me tell you something, why I'm frustrated and, and when I see everybody out there and doing what they're doing, which I love what they're doing. Okay, because not only do we live for freedom, we ride for freedom, we die for freedom, but we motherfucking appreciate freedom. And it it gets me hot, it bothers me, and it frustrates me to a certain extent, being a Cuban-American and having a platform to speak to the world and not being able to help my own people, not being able to get them food, not being able to get them water, not being able to get them medicine, but most of all, not being able to help and really get them what they deserve, which is freedom. And this is my way of talking to the world. All world allies get together to help. Global businesses get together to help. People that we're so proud of, people such as a Jeff Bezos, Cuban American, graduated from a high school in Miami, built one of the biggest companies in the world, the richest man in the world. He's somebody that can get involved and really help us on what we got. All we can do is create awareness, but politics are gonna be politics. And while they figure out what they figure out, we need to figure out how to really help. We need to get creative. We need to figure out solutions. Yeah, see, he's got a good handle on that. He's got a good understanding of that. He knows that like you can't rely on these these politicians because they don't want problems to be solved largely. It doesn't matter what side of the, the political aisle you're on. They don't necessarily want problems to be solved because if they solve problems, they're out of a job. Similar to these big pharmaceutical companies, if they cure people, they're out of a job. So you don't rely on politicians for these problems to be solved. They're the ones that created the problems in the first place, largely. So you have to rely on the private sector. You have to do other, you have, there's got to be another solution is the point he's saying. And, and, and people that have power that are in the private sector need to be the ones that are leading the charge on this sort of thing to help these people, people like Jeff Bezos. But is that going to happen? I doubt it. While they're losing their lives over there, literally for something that we, wake up every day and appreciate, which is freedom. So to everybody out there, stand up, step up. And if you don't understand, get with the motherfucking program and wake up. Because this is about freedom and it's about human rights. And to everybody in Cuba, keep the fight up. Para todos los cubanos que están allá afuera y todo lo que está pasando en Cuba ahora mismo. Ustedes son lo que va a motivar el mundo, inspirar el mundo para... Come on, Baxter. You know I don't speak Spanish. 
Um, Anchorman quote for you guys if you guys understood that. Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going a little longer than I wanted to. I want to try to keep these episodes around a half hour to 45 minutes, not any longer than that, because I feel like any longer than that, I start to tune out. You guys probably start to tune out. I can't talk for that long. Um, But yeah, thanks guys for listening. This was episode 22, part two of talking about Cuba. I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope that gave you a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on. Um, it did for me. It's just, I did a lot of research in just the last couple days after I got back from vacation, et cetera, on this. And it's, it was really helpful. It's kind of eye opening. I didn't really understand how horrible their situation was over there. I mean, I knew that the Castro regime was Castro regime was bad. I didn't really know how bad. Um, and I didn't really talk about it in this episode. I didn't, I don't really have time. Uh, but I did find this article as well about talking about the murders and talking about, uh, all this stuff, like in, in more in detail, what they've done to people. And the, and the risks that people have taken stories about people that have fled and, you know, built rafts out of things like couches and come to the United States. I read the story about this guy who parasailed to the United States, 80 miles by himself just to get out of Cuba, which is crazy. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We will 